It's January 2021 and you're listening to Films and Swearing, a movie podcast with your hosts, Stuart Sutherland and Magic Mike Christie. Yep. And you fuckers are listening to episode 255. Hi, hello. Today on the podcast, me and Magic Mike are jumping out of January with a Jackie Chan double bill of City Hunter from director Wong Jing and Crime Story from director Kirk Wong. How's it going, Mike? Aye, man, aye. Ah, fucking nothing. <clears throat> nothing different than really, considering everything's still in the dark. Eh? Yep, we're all sitting in the same boat. <clears throat> Just weathering I mean, the storm. I mean, I'm not fucking my my letterbox is taking an absolute pounding this month anyway. <laughs> I think I'm uh, sitting on I think, I think by the time the time February hits, I'll probably be on like sixty sixty films, sixty odd. Oh man, that's that's getting so absolutely absolutely fucking hammered at this point. Ah, it's getting battered. It's gonna be all raw and red and itchy. You're gonna have to put cream on it just to fucking get a chance to recover. <laughs> Fuck. To be fair, I've kind of like fucking, I've, I've kind of like, like split it up with fucking Cobra Kai and all that as well. Yes, aye, that's probably been a good um, lead deterrent. I'm sitting, I'm in, I'm on episode six, so I should have that finished by the weekend. I think what, what night was it? Fucking uh, Tuesday night. I'm it was Tuesday night. She went to bed early because she was fucking like tired and that. So I went to watch the film, so I finished about midnight and I sat at about twice two watching Cobra Kai. Jeez. <laughs> Aye. But it is, it's one of those shows that goes down surprisingly easy. The fact that it's like mm. 20, 30 minute chunks and it's funny and it's fucking chucked for nostalgia, but it's still bringing in so much new stuff at the same time. So it is Aye. quite easy to fucking tear through that show. Aye. And like what you're saying, like fucking, like Johnny's such a fucking lovable fucking loser, eh? Yes, aye. Like from the point that you're in the show just now, how how mu- how many times has his telly fallen off of the wall? Eh, uh, surprisingly none. I've, I've not seen it fall off the wall once yet. So I'm kind of waiting for it. What? I'm I'm pretty sure the end of the second season, like when Johnny and Daniel throw down, the first thing that goes is the fucking flat screen. Uh, I didn't pay attention. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I can swear it's become it's becoming a recurring theme. Every time there's a mm. scrap in his house, the fucking TV falls off before they even touch the wall. It's just the fact that he's no like he's no quite with the whole like twenty first century technology and that. Like when you take his or he keeps talking about to the pawn shop and all aye. that. Aye, and he's like, oh, like, I thought you said it was wireless. Aye, it is, but fucking, you need to plug it in that bit. Ah, well, it's not wireless oh, then, man. dummy. Or the whole fucking right. Let's let's start a hash brown. I know, uh, and it's the whole fucking like when he um, like whenever like some shit has to fan, the next time you see him, he's fucking got a broom paper bag with a bottle in it. Aye, <laughs> he yeah, relies on the bottle. Trashed. Exactly, but that's good though because I mean I'm up to so the episode I just finished is. Miguel started to get feeling in his leg. He was at the concert. Oh yeah, yeah. I do love uh, so, uh, Johnny's attempts of right. Okay, 
uh, let's see what we can do. Let's light a match under your ass. And he literally does just set the boy's feet on fire just to see. You did see that bit. Oh, and he drops out. Hey. I think my, I think my finger must have fucking brushed out of the, the end call button. Ah, that's cool. I was just saying I like Johnny's tactics on how to get feeling back in Miguel's leg. You know, like setting him on fire. Ah, it's got that list in it, so you fucking the bottom of the list is like LSD and all that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this guy should not be around kids. Like I was saying earlier, I quite enjoyed season two. I thought season two was better than season one. Mm. And one of the main reasons for that was fucking Paul Waterhouse's introduction to the series. I thought he was, ah, he was fucking, oh man. It's just when he's like at the job interview for like the being the school security guard. Yes. Ah, and then when he's at the pit and he's fucking trying to get off the post and he's got the the balls of booze like his fucking duct tape piece on <laughs> and he can't <laughs> open the door. Aye. Ah, it's fucking fun, mate. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we we went through season three quite quick when we got our internet back. But it does. Mm. It's it's got like a season finale. That matches the the season two finale, where obviously oh, nice. season oh, two season was two like was let's fucking... fucking fight, like just all this fucking teen built up tension of like ah emotions. Let's just have a big fucking karate brawl in school. The season three finale is equally as badass, and it's one of these ones where I'm watching it and you fucking forget that this is the season finale and then it finishes and it comes up with that screen of what else to watch on Netflix and you're like no no <laughs> I thought there was more but um, I'm glad you, you've got on board with Cobra Kai it's definitely mm. worth your time uh, I need to fucking I need to do Mandalorian and all that as well yeah that's another good one right uh, let's see so, we were going to warm up, also our Jackie Chan January, our annual January episode. Uh, what did Jackie Chan get up to in 2020? Well, I, I guess he was probably like the, the rest of us, where he probably shouldn't have been doing too much. Uh, I went mm-hmm. on to IMDB and looked up the news column to kind of see what, like, why, when was he last in the headlines? And funnily enough, it was all being drawn uh-huh. into Cobra Kai, and everyone was, oh, was speculating uh, how do you connect Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith to the Cobra Kai uh, Miyagi universe. Ah, uh, fuck! I still never, I still never bored with the reboot. Eh? Aye, but what they were saying is it's a no go. It's not going to happen uh. because I'm pretty sure in the first season of uh, Cobra Kai. They reference Jackie Chan. So, in their universe, he's an actor. They cannot bring him in as a character mm. to do fucking karate, even though he teaches uh, Kung Fu in the film. Mm. So, we're not to expect a Jackie Chan, Jaden Smith in season that's four. That's the one I've actually noticed is that Will Smith, like, an executive producer. Yeah, he's, he's putting well. some money in it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm surprised he's not exploited his producing powers and pushed his kids in it. Yeah. Or at least Martin Lawrence. And I'm assuming only I'm assuming the only thing he probably done was that fucking film with Schwarzenegger. What was it called again? Oh, uh, the Iron Mask. 
Aye. Yeah, I, I, I was watching that today. Like, honestly, I thought, maybe I could fucking squeeze this in and it'll be a wee thing to talk about on the show. But that was a weird one because it is like a Russian production. It was... Mm. I've, I've forgotten the, the name. It's... I think the director was called uh, Step Pachenko. And it was a mixture. Like, most of the producer credits is all... Uh, Chinese, but then it's like a Russian production, Russian director, and Jackie's appearance in the film was described, you know how I was like, I'll have starring this person, that person, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh. then special participation by Jackie Chan. I was like, that's a strange way to you, uh, mm. mention you in a movie. And I've watched the first half hour, and it is very weird. Um, it's mostly following uh, Jason Fleming, Alright. And um Schwarzenegger plays like a like this prison guard in like the Tower of London and Jackie Chan's one of the prisoners. But it's only got half an hour in. There's digital CGI flying monkey creatures. Yeah, people turning into fucking weird nightmare creatures at the start. I don't know what's going on. But it's to do with a lot of Russian uh, folklore. It's very strange. Mm. It has only got one uh, out of five stars on Sky, but I'm kind of uh, determined to see it through. Yeah. It's almost like a cash grab at best of me. Ah, it's strange. It's so strange. But um, he does have... a um, Now, The Iron Mask was classed as a 2019 movie. So uh, that never really made it Obviously, it did come out on DVD last year. I do remember it being like the main focus of like an Asda's uh, Father's Day uh, display of things to treat your dad to, and it was like cats and the Iron Mask. And I was like, "Do you what dads are these?" But uh, Jackie has gotten one twenty twenty credit. He starred in one action film called Vanguard. All right. Yes, it is from a director Stanley Stanley Tong, which is the seventh collaboration between the two. Um, it's it's like Jack. It's sort of like some of his last films, uh, like Kung Fu Yoga and uh, Chinese Zodiac, where it's Jackie Chan and a group of younger folk, and the younger folk mm. are kind of doing a little bit more of the work. Jackie Chan gets himself into some hairy situations and it usually finishes with him running away screaming being chased by a lion or a tiger or a polar bear um so it's jackie getting into general mischief but this one vanguard uh, the plot to it is covert security company vanguard is the last hope of survival for an accountant after he is targeted by the world's deadliest mercenary organization so and that came out on uh, DVD and Blu-ray at the beginning of the year I think it had like a Christmas release in the UK like one of those limited in cinemas now in fucking Sainsbury's on Monday uh, one of the ones. yes so and I'll, I'll watch it it's Cine Asia that released it so they've got kind of the good habit of it's in stores in January and it's on Netflix by March. Mm. So, 
I'll, I'll buy my time. Fair, the plot sounds a lot more appealing than the Man in the Mask one. Like, mm. Yes. So, it is now this point of the show where I need to give y'all a spoiler warning. Obviously, we are going to spoil these two films. City Hunter is uh, currently streaming on Amazon Prime. And Crime Story is available on Blu-ray from 88 Films. So, uh, now's your chance to stop what you're doing. Go watch the films and come back and listen to us spoil them. Because none worse than getting it spoiled for you. Mm. Even though these films are from 1993. Man, if I thought, because I bet Jackie Chan done a fair few films back in the 90s. Let me have a quick scroll. Ah, was his first like, American, like big film in America, was it No Rumble in the Bronx? Or was it First Strike? Uh, Rumble in the American Bronx. First Strike, I think. Ah, uh, uh, First Strike followed soon after, I think. Let's see. Let's have a wee scroll through IMDb for 1993. Ah, they only had them for um, three films. It was City Hunter, Crime Story, and Super Cop 2. And that was a cameo appearance because it was a spin-off of uh, Police Story 3, which they dubbed uh, Super Cop. Ah, fucking... I'm sure I'm sure I fucking... I had that one... DVD for global video like fucking Jackie Chan's a cross dresser undercover cop in like a I think it was like a bank was being robbed and he was there dressed as a woman to catch the the the, the thieves <clears throat> and he bumps into Eric Zhang who's wearing like an identical costume but he's the short pudgy guy I say, I've not seen him fucking ages I remember I got that and I got um Island of Fire? Yes. Yeah, Island of Fire. Island of Fire. I mean, I got that as well. Yes. I think maybe Island of Fire and Crime Story are probably some of the few Jackie Chan films that are rated 18. Because it's not something you associate with Jackie. It is, aye. There's got to like mm. one point where like the police chief was shagging the escort in the elevator and I'm like, no, this is not your typical Jackie Chan film. And I just had a wee glance at the uh, cover art and yeah, that is class as an 18 over here, but of course it is a very dark film compared to your standard, you know, Rumble in the Bronx, what Drunken the Master. Fucking, oh, what was the one that we watched? I was fucking... As- was it new police story? We remember where his fucking his hell platoon gets taken out in a warehouse. Yes, like right aye. Front of him. I'm sure that was like an 18 rating as well. Could that be, one might be lower. I think that was. Yeah, it, it was definitely an intense sequence, but I could swear that's probably maybe a 15. Anyway, right, that is an, a well, nice, lengthy spoiler warning for our audience at home. You've had plenty of time to decide if you want to hear this movie get spoiled or not. So I am starting um, with City Hunter. That was released in January 1993. It is written and directed by Wong Jing. Now this director is age 65 and he has 115 directing credits. Yes. After almost two films a year. So, and... and More than that, actually. And then it's... 
I bet, like, fucking... Uh, th- like, in his heyday, he was probably knocking out, like, five films a year. You always seem to get, like, Hong Kong actors with crazy credits where they're jumping from one film to another. But some of the big titles from Wong Jing include Casino Raiders, God of Gamblers, Future Cops, and more recently, Chasing the Dragon with Donnie Yen. Now, the film stars Jackie Chan as Ryu Seba, Joey Wang as Kaori. Uh, that's a, this is the funny thing, because obviously it is a Hong Kong film, but based off of a Japanese manga. So we have all these uh, Hong Kong actors, actresses, but all portraying Japanese characters. So depending on the version of the film you watch, they're either going by the comic book names, how Jackie is like Ryu Seba, uh, then in the, the dub they make it more friendly by ca- calling them like Jackie and Carrie and uh, Anna. I guess just to fucking <laughs> make it a bit easier than going uh, Setsuyoko uh. and Seiko and Koetsu. Because... Jesus Christ, I cannot pronounce a Japanese name to save my life. But. Right, so it is Jackie Chan as Ryu. Uh, Joey Wang as Carrie. Kyomoko. Kyomo! <laughs> oh, I should have opened my beer after uh, reading out all their names. Uh, Kyumiko Goto as uh, Kyoko. Chingmai Yao as uh, Seiko. Gary Daniels as McDonald's henchman. Carol Wan as Seiko's friend, Tits McGee. So that's <laughs> Since they've never named her, I've named her. I've named her for what she was there I guess, for. Is that the one that just lost tits, tits and losing her balance? Because of her massive tits. And yeah, that, that's not me nice. just being a pig. Wong Jing zoomed in on those tits. And gave you a good wobble before she fell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leon Lai is Kotset too. In uh, one dub, they fucking cried on Gundam. And they, the fucking uh. Japanese robots, what? Um, Tan Lap Man is Rocky, the fucking incestual cousin. Uh. Uh, Ken Lo is Chen Tan Wen. Eric Cott is DJ Soft. And Jan Lam as DJ Hard and of course Richard Norton as Colonel MacDonald so what is the plot I hear you cry Jackie Chan stars as the girl chasing private detective Ryu Seba in this hilarious live action adaption of the pop- popular Japanese manga series City Hunter hired to track down Kyoko uh, the runaway daughter of a publishing tycoon Ryu finds himself aboard a luxury cruise ship, but much to the annoyance of his exasperated assistant, Carrie. Ryu seems more interested in catching Kyoko's attention rather than returning her to safety. Uh, when Terrace hijacked the ship, Ryu must put his romantic feelings aside and swing into action to dispatch the bad guys and save the day. Do you think that's a lot more lengthier than what I wrote in for my plot synopsis? I, I took it off the back of the Blu-ray, I think. Ah, right. So, and I had to trim it because it just went on. Because <laughs> I, I kind of took it into consideration. I was like, I was like right, I was like, 
So the words are wrote in that. This year ends up on a cruise ship filled with gangsters, babes, and food because he's always fucking hungry. <laughs> You're not fucking you wrong. See him, like, he's always fucking, he's always hungry in the fucking film. Yes, his stomach's like should have had a fucking supporting fucking role in this movie because it was his main thing. Rather than like eyeing up women and dreaming of women, he couldn't focus on the women because he was so fucking hungry. It was like one of the most fucking Jackie Chan things to do in a film. Was it right? You're a horny sex pest. Is it? Well, aye, but what if I'm really hungry though? <laughs> so, uh, to me, the film in a nutshell is it's like The Mask meets Scrubs, set uh, on a uh, Speed Two cruise control. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the film starts with... Ah, oh, imagine. Obviously, the film starts off with this great little sequence between Ryu and... It kind of starts off with like this self-narration where he's talking to the audience, saying, I'm a lone wolf, I'm blah, 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 I'm all on my own. Here's my trusted partner, Michael Wong. And he comes in saying, we're invincible, nothing could fucking hurt us. And they do the wee handshake. Uh, like fucking trusted partners forever and then the next scene he gets riddled with bullets <laughs> they done a great uh, gif last year when it was all the like the covid stuff was kicking off and they started introducing the the two foot distance oh, uh, and it was a gif the same between like Jackie Chan saying wash your hands stay away from others and it cuts to him and Michael Wong doing all the high fives and it comes up with the subtitles like, we're too close together. Ah, oh, fuck. Mm. Which I thought was was very good. But mm. I did like his dying wish was like, please raise my sister Carrie and never seduce her. And it's like a little crying girl. It's like, definitely, I would never go near her. And it's just the sequence of walking down a spiral staircase obviously takes them to present day. And she's now this fucking uh, lanky lassie who's obsessed, obsessed with, like, Ryu. But, I mean, true to his word, not, does not have a feeling for her whatsoever. He is much more obsessed with everyone else around him, yet she is fucking obsessed with Jackie's character. That's the fucking, that's the, like, it's that bit when she comes in where he's, like, lying asleep and he's, like, dreaming, obviously. Yes. And in the dream he's talking about fucking the dog. Oh, the, the big husky dog. Hear him. Uh, she can obviously hear him talking, thinking he's. This is how he's describing about, about her. Yeah, and that's I love that sequence where like Jackie's character's summed up perfectly. Where she's trying to get him to this meeting, and it cuts to the next scene, and he's sound asleep on the roof, the roof of like a Mitsubishi sports car, and he's still got this big daft grin on his pus as he's fucking sound asleep, thinking of women in a swimming pool. And it kind of just mm. sums up this film's like lovable daft energy, where the only time he wakes up is when he picks up the perfume of like the sexy secretary, and he just fucking springs to life, going, "Oh, hello, I remember this smell," and he just starts flirting. Ah, uh, so um, I'm assuming you've obviously seen this one before. Yes, uh, this was definitely, as you said, picking up films at a global video. This was probably the same for me. I, this could have been a, an ex rental. Um. Like one of, that's how I kind of started my binge with Hong Kong Legends. I grabbed any sort of Jackie Chan film I could find from there, and I could swear I think it was definitely City Hunter, in amongst as you said, like Island of Fire, 
uh, Miracles and maybe uh, Iron Monkey. But uh, actually, that's a good point. Uh, have you seen this film before, Mike? Uh, not last night. It was the first time you watching it. Oh, uh, <laughs> were you shocked? Because it's drastically different from everything else you kind of get for Jackie's catalogue. I definitely was like a bit more uh, like I had like a Aye, like with the whole sound effects and like yep. the, can they be clips and all that. Aye, I mean, big novelty hammers. I mean, I was like, also I was reading that it was like it was like a Japanese manga, and so it's kind of you can kind of see where they were kind of going with it a wee bit. I mean, like. Like, did you ever like, ever read much of the like, Japanese manga about it? Or, or, no, like, does it actually does it? So I was also too. I kind of say that it fucking uh, resembles. If, yes, I exactly. No, um, because they've they've done it a few times, and I think there's when researching this, I did bring up that there's uh, maybe like a French um, version of it as well, and it was like Perry Perry Larson or something. And it just looks mm. the exact same. It's just like a womanizing uh, special agent getting himself into hijinks. But I think maybe the manga might be a little bit more serious. But uh. I, I couldn't tell you that for certain. Um, but I mean, the film is definitely over the top cheesy. As I say, it, some of the skits remind you of like the nonsense you would see in like, Scrubs. And half of the, the mm. reactions you get with Jackie Chan makes you think of um, Jim Carrey's character Stanley in The Mask. Like, just how animated The Mask is, where it goes fucking eyes popping mm. out, tongue rolling across the table. Jackie has one of those really expressive faces where he kind of does the same thing because he's got that goofy big nose, so he's always got his face pressed up against a window or he's, he's very expressive, is what I'm trying to say, but... This film still is peppered with great little uh, action moments, even though everything is through a big comedic lens. But the sequence where Jackie comes home, it's his birthday, but he starts getting tied up with all these women, and he's like, I don't remember any of you women. And he's like, yeah, you locked up all of our husbands. And it's all these fucking angry brides have come here to fucking batter him. And he does this great shot where he's being chased and he runs over to like a motorcycle and does a head flip across it with his arms tied up. And that was smart as fuck. It was just so smooth. I mean, just doing a head flip. Like, what? The fucking... It was just well impressive. I like the, um, like the one that I kind of picked up on it is like whenever like they mention like City Hunter, like he always has to have the wee pose and there's like a wee... Oh, the it's a musical cue kind of plays. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Aye. I, I never actually checked the full fucking trivia on that, but obviously Jackie was kind of known to like sing the songs like for like Police Story and all. Like, I didn't. Aye. Even, I didn't even check to see if he done the Sight Hunter song or not. Eh? He does uh, in the end credits. It's him singing. Ah, oh, is it? Aye. Is he's it? singing over like the outtakes at the end. Because it is, it's just like one of these things that I do. I'm. I'm starring, I'm fucking uh, doing my stunts, I sing the song, it's like, it's like that fucking skit off of like Little Britain where it's like, I do this, I, I make the music, I sing the music, like, the boy does a lot, but at the end of that scene, I like how he just fucking decides, like, how uh, Carrie falls out with him, smashes him in the face with a, no, he goes, she goes to smash him with a cake, 
and it fucking uh, slingshots off of like a hammock back into her face and she just fucking sulks and drives away and Jack is like right okay and he's like you want a womanizer and he shoots the ropes off and then it just has that fucking weird shot where he walks off camera and frantically rips the clothes off of all the women Mm. and it's like Jesus Christ okay it's like one of the things, is this your fucking uh, equivalent of like a James Bond? Because it's like special agent, womanizer. It's probably as close as you could get Jackie playing a character like that, I guess. Because mm. normally, obviously, yeah, it's a bit more. I mean, his films are kind of serious, but they've always got like a kind of a slight bit of like, like hardness like, like hard to them. Yes. But this one's just fucking full on light hardness. Aye. That's it. It's over the top fucking high. Like, like it's no it's no taking seriously or nothing. Aye. Like nothing at all. <clears throat> and that's what he said, even and like it's, it's a fucking scene where he's chasing the the last end of the shops and that and she goes into the fucking uh, dressing room. Oh yeah. Fucking whistles out of the older guy. Ah, the fucking perfect. Yeah, and he starts making all the wee noises. That yes. And that fucking. She's like switch clothes with him. Aye, that's it. And like that fucking action scene, like at the skate park where Jackie's character's trying to find Kyoko, and like it just looked absolute chaotic as fuck. I couldn't imagine having to film something like that. Like it goes for the skateboard sequence through like a, a shopping mall and then this big elaborate shot of all the Jackie and the skateboarders jumping through the shop windows down onto like a dual carriageway and Jackie flying like he's in fucking Crouching Tiger over these taxis with like a skateboard fucking glued to his foot. Then it cuts back to the reality of all the skateboarders attempting the same shit and they all fucking crash and burn. And it's just one of those ones, as you said, the, the fucking character Kyoko just exploits like how everyone, like every fucking man in this film seems to be fucking horny. Just fucking takes them to the dressing room and clocks them, steals his gear and fools Ryu. But they'll end up on this fucking cruise ship. And I like how Carrie's there as well because she's went off with her cousin to make Ryu jealous. And Jesus Christ, mm. the fucking character, uh, Rocky, her cousin, some of the fucking lines. Like the one I saw when he, they bump into uh, Colonel McDonald and he starts berating like, him and his henchmen. They like, watch out, you fucking damn gays. I hope you all get the AIDS. <laughs> I like the fucking the subtitles are. <laughs> A bit questionable, like yeah. So sometimes it's a bit as questionable as like when when you got like the early dubbing on like the early uh, Hong Kong Legend DVDs, not like fucking dubbings were really questionable. Yes, aye. And I think that's like, like I'm still fucking trying to figure out if like I'm assuming they dubbed like Gary Daniels and um, the boy who played McDonald's. Oh, Richard Norton. Because they can speak, uh, they call us, they can speak English. Yeah, uh, and that's it. When I watched it on Amazon, the scenes where, obviously, you've got Richard Norton and Gary Daniels, and they're all in their hotel room talking about what billionaires they're going to rob. That whole scene's, and, and the copy I watched, was in Cantonese. And you'd uh, think, well, this room's full of white people. You'd think they'd yeah. all just be speaking English. 
But because that's a that's a track that usually Eureka yeah. I think so because that was it. It was uh, Cantonese with English subtitles. There wasn't like a, an option to go with a dub. Uh, which also, I remember there was a when you there was a subtitles was um, it gave you English and then it gave you ones at the bottom and it was like English and it was like the whole like the the fucking the song the song scene. Oh yeah, with the what's it DJ Soft and DJ Hard. I like fucking they were saying that like the you could put the subtitles on for that if you want, but the director fucking apparently the director or something says that like. Subtitles are apparently misleading and all that, so you can like it's better to be watched without the subtitles or something. Ah, uh, well, maybe with the the clue of their names being soft and hard, maybe the lyrics come across as a bit rapey. Because uh, it, it was like a, a strange little sequence to have in the middle, especially when you have a uh, Ching Mai Yao's character and uh, Tits McGee, who are like, okay, Ching Mai Yao's character Seiko is an undercover cop. And then Seiko's friend is she's there just to look for like a, a wealthy suitor. And they end up being fucking backup dancers to this DJ's dance sequence. Mm. It's it's very strange. But it's like they seem to make a good use of this ensembled cast because there's a lot of, kind of a lot of people to follow in this film. So I'm not sure if this is where they're sort of like how many characters did you get in fucking Say Hunter? So it could have been along those lines where they were just matching. So well, you also had the undercover cop. Maybe not Tex McGee. She might have not been there. But when you had a woman like that on set, you had to push her to the front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you got fucking. Uh, Boy, that's like fucking unreal with the card throwing as well. Oh yes, aye, Leon Lai's character, and that was it. it was just yeah. like, is this? Uh, and you're thinking, oh, it's a rip off of God of Gar- uh, God of Gamblers, but the God of Gamblers was like one one of Wong Jing's movies anyway. So there's like, okay, you've got your uh, I don't know your card shark, and they have that fucking sequence where the fight breaks out. And he starts throwing his cards. Because he's always winning. Exactly. Uh, well, this is early on, where it's him gambling. Oh, with aye, aye, the, aye. the knockoff powers booth. Oh, yeah. Aye. aye. <laughs> I, fucking, I, I had to fucking double check that. wasn't him. Eh? It was, was like that <laughs> very first shot. I was like, <gasps> sudden death. But it, it wasn't. You should be in a fucking ice rink. <laughs> and I love how, like, Every white person in this film is technically like a villain because you had him losing at the card game and he fucking pulls out the, the fucking flip knife to fucking have a go at, at Leon Lai's character. But he quickly fucking throws his cards, kicks fuck at everyone, and then when like the cabin crew come over to stop him, he fucking tells him to chill out and gives him a tea bag. <laughs> I was like, this cunt is crazy or is smooth as fuck. It was just maybe the only thing that really wears thin very quickly is his slow mo fucking hair flick, where he just breathes up and flicks his fringe, and it slows down and does like a wee magical sound effect. <laughs> like probably didn't need to see that three times in the film. I was like, also like when you get to the introduction, like guy, don't like the first kind of 
first medicine shot you see him as him in his room and he's doing all his stretches and all that and like the guy is fucking like Jack the fucker. Yes, aye. And I was like, it was a very nineties uh, sort of villain introduction. Like wasn't it like a fucking Schwarzenegger film? It was just the same. The main bad guy practicing martial arts in his room in the scud. Fuck which one was it? Nah. It doesn't matter, but it was. It was just kind of like, right, this is your main henchman. This is the fucking muscle. And the fucking, the, the action sequence they get is such a comedic, uh, sort of, like the music is like, do, 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 And it's like a fucking, like some sort of circus music. And it's just Jackie Chan and Gary Daniels trading blows in this bedroom as he was attempting to seduce Carrie. But it was... It was some tough love. He fucking, like, gorilla press slammed her onto the floor. <laughs> it was just... And where is it? Right. He was going to batter her. But I th- I, there was definitely... There was going to be some rape going on. But it was when Jackie's character shows up. She's all... Um, oh, no. I, I was actually trying to sleep with this guy to make you jealous. And next thing, she's hitting him with a fucking coat rack. I mean, like I say, like, those are the... Fight scenes in are kind of what makes Jackie's films that me watch them. I mean, like the, mm-hmm. the scene where fucking he's in the wee like theater when they're oh, playing Game of Death. The Game of Death sequence, yes. And that's when he fucking comes up. That's when also he manages to take out like the wee ones. Yes, and he gets into the two big black guys. Exactly, because what was it? He makes the joke about I uh, Kyoto's like man. He's so handsome, and then they go City Hunter, and Jack is like Cheers. I said, no, I mean Bruce Lee. I was like, oh, I, I could fight two of those guys. And because she was sitting complimenting him about how brave he was. And mm. it was, it was just like the, the this weird shot of two two little crouched men hiding behind the cinema seats trying to shoot him. And then they stand up and it's like, oh shit, it's like two fucking uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's come down. And it's the first fucking kick they land on him. Oh, and it's very super in. Aye, and it almost turns into like a Spike Lee tracking shot where it just flies backwards <laughs> and hits the fucking door. I mean, like, also, like, the fight scene, like, kind of, like, slapstick as well, like, when you yeah. see, it's like, when you get, like, Captain is sliding along the ground and all that. Aye. Like, fucking, like, it has all played for laughs. Exactly, that's a, it, it's a cartoon movie, essentially. But, I mean, when you speak about kind of, like, Cartoon, that you kind of get in a cartoon when they hear the big fucking Street Fighter fight. Oh, towards the end. that is some amazing product placement if I've ever seen it. <sighs> but uh, I do like how he, Jackie used, uh, or Ryu used uh, obviously the tactics from Game of Death to help defeat the, the two Tower and Black dudes. But it's like just that one horrific. I know Jackie does his own stunts, but the fact that they had that shot of him. Getting his balls dragged across the cinema chairs. Oh, like, yeah. That just looked sad. It's like, oh, I hope you wore a cup because that looked like a bad one. Uh, That's like when also when you get to like the end of the film and you've got like all the like the the gag reel sort of thing. Yeah. And it's like the scene where he, he jumps over the chair when it gets kicked towards him, and you see how many times he fucking. Like catches his fucking nuts on the top of the chair and all that. Yes, aye, uh, it, it, and it is. It's like 
Even like there's one shot where he's rolling across the table and the table keeps fucking breaking. And he's like, mm. man, I know he, he he he's like a master at his craft and loves to do his own stunts, but he's like, man, you, it's got to be frustrating where he's like, right, look, we're going to do this again. Like There's a moment where he does that action shot where he jumps onto like the dolphin and then it cuts to him gliding across the fucking ballroom with the machine gun, but in the outtakes, like, he jumps and just fucking whips around and he also gets like whiplash or fucking smacks his puff, puss off it and he's just like the look he's just like fucking kill me <laughs> like who came up with this stupid why did I come up with the idea to do that? Do it this way hey let's have a look at one of the characters we've not talked about yet one of the, the more cringy moments of the film we've spoke about already how uh, Carrie's cousin Rocky is a total creep but it's that moment where he she, I think she like flirted with him just to kind of piss off uh, Ryu and she's like oh you're so kinky and he turns to the camera going I am so kinky and he fucking like sticks his tongue in and out like look at like breaks fourth wall stares right into the camera going and he's like what the f- what it's like this guy is like a fucking full on creep like this guy is more or less playing like a rapist like a cartoon character rapist. It's just, oh. And he's just so hot for his cousin. <laughs> it's just like, what's going on? <laughs> so, of course, when it comes to the fucking sequence where you have uh, one of the sort of lower henchmen villains, when it was Ken Lo's character, who I'm not sure if this Ken Lo played two roles in the film, because you, you always seen him in like a white suit, uh, kind of being one of the contacts for. Colonel MacDonald to deal with and then later in the end of the film he's in a corridor dressed in the red suits that all the other henchmen wore and they thought right we'll send in Tets McGee to seduce the guards and obviously he starts fucking punching her in the stomach kneeing her in the pus and then gives her an uppercut across the corridor and we're like okay not a fan of the ladies because she fucking goes there swinging her tits at him and it's only when Rocky tries to knock him out with his shoe he fucking starts trying to seduce him in this overly camp comedic way and he fucking throws him into the bedroom and by that point Rocky's had the fucking nipples cut out of his shirt. It's something else. And if that sequence ends because obviously it's like they all team together to batter this henchman. And Rocky decides to jump in with his unique family dragon claw technique. And he's more or less just shoving his fist up the man's ass. <laughs> and you've got like DJ Soft and DJ Hard and their jammies going, Oh man, that's, that's a bit much. Whoa. And that's it. DJ Soft and DJ Hard is like a strange combo. I'm, I'm not sure if they were an actual duo in real life. Like, because... Hong Kong actors never seem to be just actors. They also seem to be pop stars half the time as well. Because Leon Lai was like a notable uh, canto pop star uh, in his own right. Like the card player. But Mm. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Eric Cott and Jan Lam, like DJ Soft and Hard, were probably also like an Ant and Deck or sort of a PJ and Duncan back in their day as well. So... Like, maybe them being cast as a double act isn't that far-fetched from real life. 
But aye, let's see. So we spoke about the Game of Death sequence. Another giant homage slash product placement in this film is, as you mentioned, the Street Fighter 2 scenario. And I feel like when you mm. talk about City Hunter, people will know it for for most likely this sequence alone. Like everyone's yeah. kind of seen that that uh, gif on Twitter of Jackie Chan dressed as Chun Li, but and it's just one of the most bonkers things there. Where it's like, right, Gary Daniels is there, start the fight. Fucking DJ Soft and DJ Hard just got on their asses kicked, and like Jackie gets fucking thrown across the room into the, the arcade cabinet, the Street Fighter arcade cabinet, and. It obviously, it must have been, like, they must have had the agreement to fucking license it, like, for use in the film, uh, because the sound effects, the, like, the fucking loading music, the costumes, and even when they mm. changed the fucking uh, style effects, so it's got, like, pixeled graphics of them sending, like, Hadoukens and how Jackie's character was blocking it, and fucking Gary Daniels, like, rocked the fucking Ken <laughs> costume well. Uh-huh. And even when uh, the the two DJs tried to cut in as uh, was it Guile and oh the like the Indian oh, character fucking, with, um, the stretching limbs oh fucking Ionda yeah like how they all fucking come in and then quickly get fucking dispatched like they even had the fucking flamethrower like the fire breath shot <laughs> and it was like this isn't like just a quick piss take like they've actually there's some fucking production put behind this and I kind of wonder if maybe that made up for basically the budget uh, it's possibly because the thing is it might have also just been a thing of like right this film has to do fucking like gangbusters in Japan right we're already tackling a manga what if we also fucking tackle one of the giant video game franchises as well so it would just have even more reasons for like Japanese audiences to go see it but I love how he kind of maybe one of the big marketing points for it as well. I wouldn't be surprised because you'd see the film and then you'd see a fucking snippet of say the Street Fighter stuff and go, "What the fuck was that?" Because this was like 1993. When did Van Damme do his Street Fighter? 94. Right. So I reckon mm. if it's even like a. Even in the sense that they're also competing against fucking Van Damme just to try and squeak out a little Street Fighter movie before the fucking giant US one come out. Mm-hmm. But I do love how he kind of goes through a few characters first before it's like no one could beat Ken, and then fucking Jackie turns into Chun Li, and then it's just this blur of people flipping upside down, people. Fucking doing spin kicks and they're they're just blurs running into each other until you eventually fucking decks them, and then they all I, I do love like the wee parade thing at the end where he's just kind of like in a loop doing the wee blowing the kiss, giggling, blowing the kiss, kissing, uh, giggling. It was like a nice moment, and then like they pull the plug at the machine, and it's just Jackie shaking off all the like the electrical sparks. <laughs> so it's like maybe. People, I mean, if anything, like the effects have kind of slightly, you know, like no aged alligators is what the word back. I, 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 that, that's it. I think you had a lot more liberties back then to get mm-hmm. away with it. They probably weren't expecting the picture to get fucking clearer and sharper as time went on. But uh, 
Uh, I think one of the things the film that wasn't really the best, like, I know it sounds like I absolute fucking love this film, but there, there's the occasional down point. I mean, the soundtrack isn't very imaginative. Like, outside of, like, the City Hunter theme, and then it's just a bunch of, like, sort of crass sound effects or just, like, little keyboard melodies. That's, like, a keyboard melody would probably be sounding better than what they actually got. But that's probably, like, my biggest issue with the film is its mediocre soundtrack. I mean, there's a lot that I do enjoy of this film. Uh, and, f- let's see, it's running time. It's, uh, is it, like, just 100 minutes? 90? Uh, yeah, about that. Yeah. And <clears throat> that's it. There's still lots of great stuff for uh, Jackie's character in the film. I mean, you have the moments where... Like, as I mentioned earlier, the, the great cinematic moment of after Carol McDonald's taking over like the main hall and he's sitting gambling with the lives of the passengers and every time they lose it, a game it was a Baccarat. He fucking shoots them with that giant fuck off pistol he has. Mm. And then I think the I think the only like the the sound effects are a wee bit Effie, I mean, the guns are fucking massive as well. Like. Yes, and it's still just the same stock fucking sound effect for every other gun. Mm. Um, but it's that great shot of Ryu up on the balcony, shoots the dolphin, then flies across the ballroom, hanging off of the dolphin with a machine gun, with the theme, the City Hunter theme music playing. Like, that's, that's a pretty awesome moment. Or it's, uh, a fucking, it's a bit when, um, like you said, obviously the bit with fucking the guy with the gun is when he's got the throne knife the throne knife the fucking throne kid he never literally takes away the trigger fair yes aye that was a nice moment because obviously when he's sitting playing with uh, I want to try and pronounce his name Kwetsu Uh, uh, Leon Lai I'm just going to say it like it is Uh, how he can never fucking lose a card game and it just seems to go on for ages and when Colonel McDonald finally gets that fight with Jackie, again, it is kind of told through like a, it's a comedic lens where McDonald's got these big fuck off steel poses. They're almost like crutches. And he's mm. absolutely going to town on Ryu's shins and his arms. And it's like he's dancing off, going, I'm invincible, and cut to the next shot, and he's nose down on the, like the table, nice. rubbing his shins, <laughs> greeting. So, but it's not a fucking short fight either. It actually goes on for quite a while, and it evolves. It kind of goes from poles, then Jackie gets, like, a staff, and that changes it. And then the poles become these, like, wee sh- uh, sectional, like, almost like nunchucks. And he just starts wrapping them around him, and battering them but very early on in the fight there is that one great shot of Jackie running and doing like a nice triple kick and I think they actually maybe slow-mo the sequence just to kind of show you how impressive it is like Jackie jumps up kicks spins hits another kick and then he goes to the ground gets one last kick in but mm. the most of the sequence is them just fighting then using their environment around them I think there's like a big bungee or seesaw effect where they fucking jumps hits a pole and it it's on like one of the fucking dolphins and it just launches uh, Carol McDonald up onto the stage but 
Um, I think I've exhausted my notes. Um, I mean, how does the film end? It's, it's fucking Ryu getting hammered into a swimming pool full of women. So, it, like that's all his character ever seems to want uh, other than food. I mean, the food saga is huge in this film. Like, what was his last words on the fucking boat? Where he's like, we've got everything, alright, what do you want? He's like, I could do with a big bowl of wonton noodles. And he's like, the man's went crazy. <laughs> it's a bit really fucking, it's a bit with the guy steps on his fucking sandwich. Oh, yeah, he's sitting chasing that wee so slice of bread. And he's uh, sitting, does he know fucking go to town on the guy fucking starts punching him in the stomach? Mm. But, Ah, it is. The film does have all these great wee moments, and it's kind of kid friendly in a sense. Like other than the, like the moments where he mistakes a tits McGee for food, like sitting staring at. Mm. Well, seeing it, Cameron was in the room, oh, the, and then and then, and then like, the burger show. Yeah, like the hamburger tits. Then it's the chicken wing. Then the chicken thigh, and she walks away. And he's like, "Hey, hamburger, hamburger, where are you going, hamburger?" And Cameron was watching it going, he's silly, that lady isn't food. I was like, you're right, son, she isn't. <laughs> but I imagine back in the day, she was probably a snack. I'm sorry, now go to bed. Then <laughs> <laughs> I get like a glass of water chucked on me. But So yes, um, my overall thoughts of the film. This film is cheese and I love it. If I was to take a knife to it, cut a slice off it, and stick it on a cracker with some butter, chef's kiss. <laughs> it is cheese, uh, and I love it, ladies and gentlemen. Now, you said to me that you uh, gathered some trivia notes. That was something I neglected to do, so I'm I'm, I'm glad that you've done I, it. I'll, I'll, I'll go to one, I'll go to one trivia note for each one, like... Yeah, uh, share it. Share it with the world. I mean, it probably isn't much a secret, but it was actually filmed simultaneously with Crimestone. All oh, right. I guess uh, they definitely came out the same and year. That's, but... that's two, that's two different, completely oh, styles def- of film. Definitely. And I, like, fucking, like, I wonder how many times he's fucking like walked onto the city crime story, like pretending he's fucking Ryu and all that. Oh yeah, so I've been on cheese and go, whoa, whoa, no Jackie, this is the serious one. I said, alright, okay, okay, right, you're my psychiatrist, you don't have hamburger tits. Okay, right, okay, I'm in the scene now, I'm in the scene. Who's died? Yeah, I guess that, that's, that makes sense. I was trying to think, because uh, when watching City Hunter on DVD, like way back when, like on the fucking PlayStation 2, I do remember cycling through all the audio options, like clicking the thumbsticks, and I remember this was first introduced me to like the DVD audio commentary, where it was like Cantonese, Cant- Cantonese, dubbed English, and then some random guy talking over it, and I was like, what the fuck was that? And I looked in the back case of the DVD, and it explains like audio commentary from uh, Bay Logan, and I was like, oh, and... Then you're just listening to a guy talk about the film, but you're just overloaded with like facts and trivia. Um, but to be honest, I've I've never listened to it since probably when I originally did back in the day. So there's no, I ca- I cannot drop any uh, trivia nuggets for you. But 
I think this is probably the best time to go ahead and jump onto our next review. Right, Mike, tell us about Crime Story. Where is my notes here? Okay, so Crime Story. Now, I believe this was released in summer 1993. I think it was, uh, yes, June 1993. So, as I said, it was from director Kirk Wong. The film stars Jackie Chan as Inspector Eddie Chen, Kent Cheng as Detective Hong, Lao Garying as Wong Yat Fei, Kirstie Ng as Gaga, A Young Poi San as a Wong's wife, and Blackie Ko as Captain Ko, Pan Ling Ling as a psychiatrist, William Jun as Superintendent Chung. Ken Lo as Un Kwok Yan, Chung Fat as Un Kwok Wa, and I think yeah, that's is all your main ones. So, um, Mike, what is the plot to Crime Story? Special Inspector Eddie Chan hunts for kidnappers that are wealthy business magnate, but realizes there's much more to the case than what he thought. Yes. Didn't want to heavily just spoil it right away because like, when I was reading the plot synopsis on the back of the fucking blur, even though I've seen the film before, it literally gives away fucking what one of the main like plot points is. Aye, that's it. I, sometimes I think they maybe just assume people know what they're buying or they expect the audience has seen it mm. already. But yes, as we said before, obviously, crime story is like the polar opposites of. City Hunter. City Hunter, light, fluffy and funny fucking city uh, crime story is dark, depressing, gritty and real. And I think that's probably one of the more shocking things because from what I remember, I think this was based on a genuine true story. Aye, that was the only thing I never knew about it was when I was watching it there and I was like... Is that really a true story? Yeah, and uh, to be honest, I, also I, when I, the credits, like when the credits roll, it kind of gives you a wee, a wee bit of saying that kind of like names were slightly changed. Yeah, the procedures. Like, obviously. And uh, it, it changed what you'd expect. You were it was like, right, end of the film. But obviously the tone of the film, you can't really put a Jackie Chan outtake reel with him singing over the top of it. So you kind of got <laughs> that, uh, like, the black screens and blocks of text saying how many kidnappings happen. Yeah. So it was definitely kind of like a message to the audiences. Now, I think we all bought this at the same time last year when 88 Films released them. So I assume you've seen this film maybe once before? Before watching it for today? Uh, I I'd, uh, I've seen it, uh, I think uh, I think I borrowed it for you. Years oh, ago. yeah, right, back in the day. Yeah, back in the day. Ah, because that's a Hong Kong Legends released like every Jackie Chan film. And I, I was just, yeah. I was like part of the cult. I would pick up a new one like once or twice a month. So, like, fucking police story. Like, darker fucking, uh, not police story, crime story. A darker police story. Fuck it, I'm in. 
and it was some of the fucking sequences in this film are grim and like those shots where you see Jackie's driving and there's blood running down his face and there's blood in his eyes and he's having to fucking wash the mm. blood out of his eyes so he could keep chasing the fucking kidnappers and like man that is yeah. it's fucking head and shoulders different for like police story but uh, Mike what did you think of the film yeah, I've seen it I think it was the second or third time I said the first time I've seen it in about well F10 years I think at least aye and I, and I mean I think I, I preferred I preferred this over I mean City Hunter was a bit more an, an easier watch but I think mm-hmm. story wise I think this was a bit more aye like a bit more engrossing because obviously it's a bit more a serious film and all. I mean yeah it has got elements say like fucking uh, like Internal infernal affairs, whatever word. Yeah, like infernal. Aye. And all that. Yeah, all that. So uh, like yeah, corruption I mean, within the police I'm force. Hmm. And I mean, I'm 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 all for that shit. Aye, and it is fascinating, like, because obviously Kent Cheng's character uh, Hong is is just this this dirty bastard who's also well who who is obviously high ranks in the police, but he, he's partnered with the triads for this kidnapping. And it's those great in like scenes where they're they're trying to chase down the the robbers or the kidnappers when they're doing the ransom money drop, and they're all in like the war room, like on the phones, and for some reason the computer screens projected onto their faces. I deleting everything. Eh? Yeah, and he's there like when information's <laughs> getting passed, and all right, we think it's Taiwan, and the woman's like, "What was that?" And says, "Oh, it's nothing," or he's just deliberately trying to make them lose their trail, but. There's those great yeah. close-up shots of him. Like I'm surprised it's not like that gif of Jordan Peele sweating profusely, because that would have been me <laughs> in that room. Where it's like, oh man, I'm gonna get rumbled any second. <laughs> and oh, Kent Cheng plays a great horrible bastard. Like he plays corrupt cop well. Aye. Try to think if there's anything else I've seen him in. Well, so you have a better idea than me. Aye, he has. He's definitely he's. He's played his fair share of like cop roles, like inspectors or or fucking corrupt triads, but that's it. This is it when you've got like your Hong Kong crime movie and they're bringing triads into you. You know it's not like it's a darker tone. Like Jackie Chan mm-hmm. films don't necessarily have him fighting triads because, well, that that shit's serious. Mm-hmm. They kind of just right okay. Uh, low rent uh, gangsters or or crime syndicates but when it's like they're dealing with triads and then they're showing you like those those uh, what do you cry it those private like ceremonies they have where it's like the blood oath and they're all swearing to do this fucking horrible kidnapping I mean even the film mm. opens with like that with the like the practice run of the kidnapping and you think it's Kent Cheng that's getting abducted. And there's this great shot. Because one of the guys literally just looks like the fucking Terminator. He's cutting a bit in the leather jacket. And after they've had the car accident. And everyone's coming out to kind of talk about. How they just spoiled this test run of a kidnapping. And he jumps out the back fucking window screen of the car. Just climbs out it like an absolute machine. 
Uh, and you're just thinking, oh man, Kent Cheng's fucked. And then he turns around and says, you're rubbish, you're horrible, you fucked up. This is a trial run. And everyone's panicking. So, well, you shouldn't have put up such a fight. And so, well, the guy's not disabled, of course he would fight. And you're just thinking, oh shit, this guy's in on it. We're just, this is not a kidnapping, we're seeing the trial run. And Jackie mm-hmm. Chan's like playing this great character who's different because he's, he's kind of got well, it's from like the psychiatrist's point of view where he's kind of got is it like PTSD? Like he's he's just had like this fucking giant episode, this big fucking shooting in the street. It just oh, like, has been is at the hospital? Um No. I think it's before it where it's like gangsters walking down the street with machine guns just shooting and it's like his the guy with the sunglasses and Jackie's or his his character Eddie is chasing after him, he gets pinned between two cars and he manages to fucking shoot and kill all the guys and there's the psychiatrist is telling him, he's like, right, you should have a couple of days off. People don't kill people and then come back to work the next day thinking it's a normal thing. You need a break. But his character Eddie's oh, so yeah, fucking yeah. work focused. And it's just like this dude is on the verge of a breakdown. Mm. That's court. a completely different role for for Jackie, this one compared to like say Rose and like uh, like Police Story and fucking like State Hunter, even fucking uh, like Twin Dragons and that. Yeah, because that's it. Like you, you'd get them in like first strike, but they're always still kind of lighter. Like the tones of those films are all still lighter and have their funny moments. Jackie's character doesn't get any funny moments in this one. He just gets hauled into this fucking dark underworld and the amount of fucking horrible shit that happens to him because I mean what about the actual kidnapping sequence where obviously uh, the the millionaire Wong obviously it kind of gets like the false impression that he's going to get kidnapped or assassinated and when they're all undercover at the construction site it just turns out it's all the labourers that he's fucking screwed over on their wages Oh, aye, aye. <laughs> and they're all mental, aren't they? Yeah, and it kind of just cancels out the police. They just think, well, ah, well, we don't need to help them. This is, this is the worst that's going to happen. It's just fucking pissed off employees. So they don't tend to listen to him. It's sort of like the boy who cried wolf. And then when he is trying to drive home with his wife is when they actually fucking jump and he's quick on the phone to Jackie and he's like, are you sure it's not just the fucking guys just screwed over on their wages? And they fuck up because they never notice his wife's there. It's like that great thing where she's not feeling well, she's car sick, so she lies down so the kidnappers only see him in the car. Aye. It's when Jackie catches up to Wong to try and save him and the two uh, motorcycle cops are there. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that shot of the first one getting wiped out, it's oh, yeah, second. Oh, yeah, absolutely wiped out. Oh, aye. See, um, it's first fucking uh, Jennifer with Jackie that fucking hit him, because obviously the cars are kind of something. Some aye, they're kind of both tanned, aren't they? But it is, it's mm-hmm. just a thought of, like, was, because it's a quick cut, and uh, last night I couldn't determine whether it was some poor fucking stuntman. And I mean, it's Hong Kong cinema, so I bet it was a stuntman. Or was it a fucking mannequin? Because when that bike gets uh, fucking hit, left the bike, yeah? yeah, it's like obliterated and the fucking body just flies. But they cut it that quick, you can't tell if if it there's a weightlessness mm-hmm. to it. And then the next one, 
where they're purposely trying to run down the cop, but uh, Jackie's character, Jackie Eddie, manages to... Gets in front of them. Aye. It's a great moment where he's, the whole time, like, his life would have been so much easier if he just remembered the six-digit code to his fucking badge. Oh, I know, I know. Fucking incompetent as fuck, though. Like, <laughs> he's like, it's... it's <laughs> And then, and then, on, then on his third try, he phones the pretends to be a civilian. Exactly. But I mean, it's, for them to actually it, listen. It's six digits, Jackie, for fuck's sake. It's not, is it right? We need your 18 digit badge number. It's like, <clears throat> like if it's that serious, Jackie, just, aye, and he, third attempt. Because he just loses his temper and hangs up and is like, no, you can't. Uh, there's, there's these dudes' lives that are at stake. And there's kind of like... Hang on, like, it's fucking... Well, we'll see when he gets, like, fucking... Railed off the road, though, and the car's upside down, and he just fucking pushes it out. I was like, that's left of the car. Aye. And is it... It might be seen like he's in the car, and he's fucking got the blood, like, pouring down his face, and he takes a bottle of water. Aye. I'm assuming he also knew it was water, because, I mean, imagine if he'd been, like, fucking paid dinner or something. Eh? <laughs> I'm blind! You know what I mean, <laughs> Drives right off the road again. <laughs> But then obviously he manages to fucking get a hold of the boy that he's saving, and also the boy's bleeding pretty fucking oh, badly. Oh, he's just pouring at the helmet. And he's got him hanging out of the hanging out of the edge of the bike. Aye, absolutely fucking. And it, it, it's a cool sequence because by that point, he's got a hold of the police. They're sending backup, and like he's driving the motorcycle, and then it's like he's got the police escort with all the other motorcycle cops. Ah, it's almost like a motorcade. Eh? Yeah, and it's kind of just got that sort of like electric guitar playing over it where it's just kind of like this unity going on but and to be honest I thought both cops are fucking dead I, I was mm. surprised for him saying oh yeah like one died and the other one's barely alive and you're like I'm pretty sure they were both toast that <laughs> boy's brains were leaking out his helmet mm. and it's the fact that like all he came we need to treat you and he's like oh, I'm fine I'm fine I'm good <laughs> and there's the big dramatic and that's like, is it I see, I'm sure that, that's his psychiatrist that's talking to him. Yeah, aye, she was there fucking talking him off the edge because he was going fucking mental. Like, they're sitting trying to do his stitches and he's still fucking fighting doctors. Mm. Like, the, the, the boy needs definitely needs a fucking holiday. And so when they decide, like, obviously the police investigation, they figure, right, like, we need to get to, like, uh, Taiwan. Like, with the, because the, they do the money drop and Margaret did point out something that I could not unsee obviously the kidnappers are waiting for the money drop and they're looking for anything suspicious what's more suspicious than 30 plain clothes police officers running down a high street on the road ah. and then obviously when you get to the point where they're all walking about a park and Jackie's on the phone saying right okay uh, we're all moving out too much take two steps back and then everyone in unison takes two steps back and says don't do it all at the same time they give us like little moments like that, or maybe just in there for like a slight little bit of comedic relief to kind of Aye, defuse a, the tension of the film. A bit on my, on my notes here, it's when he, it's when the guy trips up Jackie, and it's the way Jackie falls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he gets tripped up. I think it was in a bar, or if it's, it's in a building anyway. Aye. I think it might be near the end, or it might Aye. be near the bit where, um... Because I, I think it might have been fucking... Ken Lowe, because this is where the the guy fucking gives him a big kiss after it. Like, the, the big lanky dude trip, like, trips him and makes a wee joke, saying, oh, you should watch where you're going, officer. Aye, as I, because he just... It's the way he falls. Aye. And it's like... 
like all in, all I needed was a fucking six hundred fucking sound clip in there, and it would have been fucking fine. Eh? Slide across the fucking barroom floor into the front door window, mm. and have his mm. nose pressed up against it. But yeah, I do like how the film progresses over to like Taiwan, and again, it says this is where the rest of the guys are hiding because Wong's been held captive on like a like a not not a cruise ship, but a just a, a like a big ship with like not storage containers but it's just like a what looks like an abandoned ship just uh. held in some sort of wee makeshift prison on the inside but it's one of those ones where the way the film goes it looks like they were genuinely just wanting that 60 million dollar payday and the fact that they only got 30 and they're extorting them saying right you need to phone your wife and tell her to transfer the other 30 and we'll let you go it's like, fuck, maybe this was just the case. They paid him and they would let him go. The fact that they convinced mm-hmm. her to stop the transfers, making it so much worse for everybody. Mm. Like, because they fucking, like, as this fucking girl, so she gets, like, in the, like, tied up as well, because the two of them get lifted there. Yeah, aye, well, I'm being in the car, but. And then she they, gets, and then she gets let go. Aye, they, they fucking revive her with, like, the the fucking jack to like the car battery, and they fucking like give her like a shock. Ah, uh, because I was I'm trying to wonder why it's not working at first. And then they, aye, and they go fucking and rev they, the engine and try again. Aye, and they fucking they just up and and you see the fucking burn marks on her neck when they do it, and like, what the fuck is this? Mm. I, like, I, I I didn't Google, but can you fucking? revive a person using a car battery I'm pretty sure it's not suggested but I thought they were trying to fucking torture her but it's like she wasn't breathing so they just gave her a like uh, a, a fucking wee rev off the engine like a wee jump start so right okay she's good to go doesn't seem to be any any permanent brain damage <laughs> I'm just surprised they never chucked her in the river with the fucking car uh, oh. I like the part when they get into like Taiwan and they go follow up on a raid and it's like they're in some sort of market and it's all like the bamboo scaffolding and Jackie's chasing the guy on the top but Ken Cheng's character Hong's constantly just like screwing him over. Aye, behind him, uh, aye, yeah. Uh, and he kills, uh, kills the guy but throws him through the lights. Uh, the dude with the, the silver hair. Yeah, aye. aye and that's when you can do... Get the glimpse that fucking like, like Jackie kind of kins it. That Hong's crooked. Slightly involved in it, but Aye. he's no 100% convincing because he kind of gives him that look. Yeah. And then also Hong gives him that look back as well. And it's like, Aye, it's like we're going to have to fucking get rid of Eddie. <laughs> and it is, he gets put through some fucking shit. Like, all I could keep imaging in my head is when he, he's on the boat at the end and he's fighting, but he falls. He gets wrapped up in a chain and he fucking falls down onto those big, like, turnstile wheels. And he just fucking falls mm-hmm. through it. It's like it's obviously like some sort of soft mesh and he falls all the way down. And then the weight gets adjusted and he gets dragged all the way back up. And it's like, the, the man's getting tortured. But, mm. Ez, I love how Eddie's trying to go off on his own and investigate the case. But also try and find out if Hong's uh, corrupt at the same time. I know the other one I've always got is about the fact that, like, obviously, it's true story. I've no look can find enough in there to see fucking, like, 
how much yeah, it was true and all that. Eh? Yeah. I think it's the point where the the outline of it's the same, where it's a a wealthy contractor gets abducted. But I think from what I remember on listening to the audio commentary was that they never got the husband back in the end. Alright. Because obviously the shot you see in this film where he's thrown overboard with like the ship's anchor into the water and you're thinking, he's fucked. And the next shot you see of him is climbing out of the back of a car and uh, like more or less going into like a, a witness protection so I'm not sure if that yeah. was just kind of done in a sense to kind of have some sort of closure for the audience but mm. I, I did like the the point where they did capture one of the kidnappers, you know, like the the guy in the black leather jacket, and they get him back to the police station, and he's constantly, he's just refusing to get arrested because, well, refusing to get put in the cells because he knows he's going to get killed, because Inspector Hong's there, so he's like, oh, I'm in too deep, I'm just going to get killed, like they they'll just know that I know someone's going to kill me, I'm not going to make it, and he starts handcuffing themselves to the desk. And eventually just tries and starts mm. fights. And then he has a, a fucking scrap with Jackie in the office. And I mean, they start fucking throwing down units. And eventually, doesn't hey, Hong get involved? Where he smashes him with like a tumbler. Aye, aye. And there's aye, just that shot of him on the fucking ground with glass embedded in his face. <laughs> and... It was like, I better take him to the hospital. And he said, like, no, he's going to the cell. I was like, oh, but he might bleed out. I need, I need to look after him. And he's just like, no, no, if he goes with you, I'll never see him again. Mm. And I think like that wee bit there is like, when it comes to Jackie and uh, like fucking martial arts sequences in this film, that's probably as much as you get. Ah, because it's no, it's not it's action really oriented. Heavy, like, heavy rely on. Like, no, nah, there's no big final fights. Like, he does fight a lot, but, like, he's fighting for survival, and he's got guns. And there was, like, the cases where I think he's fighting the guys at the bar, or it's the market, and he kicks mm. the guy through the, the neon light fucking panel, or the fluorescent tubes, and kills the guy there, but he's fighting in the market, and there's fire, and they're fucking throwing folding tables at him. Like, it's a lot more serious tone, where there's, like... They're just trying to kill him, so they're fucking throwing everything at part of the fucking kitchen sink at the boy, and also uh, he's fighting back, and they're all it's, it's a gunfight. It's it's closer to a fucking John Woo film than like a kung fu film. I'm trying to work myself. Oh yeah, I never really got much else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see, I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. Pretty much done everything I've got around doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you writing? You writing me around doing it? No, no. Um, maybe other than obviously that that third and final act, where they kind of have like the big gunfight on the roof, but then they start throwing like the fucking explosives, and more or less they start wiping out this one building. And when he realizes, like Hong's fucked, he falls through the fucking mm. floor, and Jackie finds him the next floor down, and he's pinned under concrete. He's trying Jackie being fucking uh, this. The good guy that he is, he's trying to save the crying child over 
Aye. Arresting the corrupt aye, cop. Him and just leave him there, right? Yeah, he, he, aye, he's fucked. He knows it. There's no way he could escape now. But, and the building is falling down around him. So, he kind of takes it upon himself. I'm not sure if it's like Hong's trying to go for like a redeeming quality in the end of just, like, I'm fucked. I'm corrupt. It's fine. And what was it he was just trying to pay off saying he wanted to, like, this was his pension. 60 million, that was going to set him up for the rest of his days. This is the only time I've ever been corrupt. And it would have been good to know if he was, like, talking out his ass or not, because this could have been just the first time that him and a bunch of low-rent gangsters decided to plan a kidnapping, or if he's always Uh, been on the take. uh, I don't know I saw but then I never wrote down the bit, when obviously when uh, the guy is reunited with his wife, and he's like, I do lost weight. (laughs) <laughs> cheeky bastard eh? <laughs> fucking worrying over you or is it I have lost 60 million you prick <sighs> but it is it's definitely one of these ones where there's a lot more substance to this film than there is in like comparison to City Hunter like just mm. the fucking tone ah. of it the, the fucking story the corruption like even just the way the fucking films are lit is really well done Uh I mean, the thing is, like, obviously, like, because, like, studios like Eureka and E films are bringing out more and more Jackie films as, mm-hmm. as we're talking about. Cause, I mean, obviously, they're releasing that, um, you're getting your lucky stars. at the end of the month and oh, all that. Yeah. And the, uh, the lucky stars. Ah, uh, the lucky stars trilogy, they're crying it, which is, uh, winners and sinners, my lucky stars and twinkle, mm-hmm. twinkle, lucky stars. And twinkle, twinkle has, uh, Richard Norton in it again as a villain. Huh. Um, so you got any main notes for no Pencil man I think it, it's time for mm. you to drop your trivia uh, I so um, I think this there was quite a bit of trivia but I thought this one was actually quite interesting in fact that um, Jay Lee was considered for the role of Eddie Chan ah but uh, but fucking Jelly's agent was gunned down by triads oh shit yes uh, when, he, when he got offered the job and he felt that he didn't want to Take on a role that depicted fucking oh of course I fucking, fucking like, triads fucking police and yeah gangs and everyone. But I, I think that was thought like, it would just be like dishonourable for his agent, and I, so yeah, up against it. Well, that's it. I think that's where they thought like Jet Li got like more or less scared to America. Just like he went to America to start just doing movies over there after his fucking manager getting gunned down by fucking triads. I mm. think they're like they're. I don't know if it was this or another film, but they were like warning him by leaving dead animals in his garden and shit. That's fucking <laughs> dark. <laughs> yeah, let's go do lethal weapon uh, four. Aye, right, let's like, go. Hang on, there is some dark shit lethal weapon four as well. Like, ah, mm. uh, only thing I remember is the fucking stunt men. Like, there's a sequence. I think there's like a chase sequence in Lethal Weapon Four where Mel Gibson's chasing after Jet Li, and Mel Gibson's stunt double's got like jet black hair. Mm. Just whoever done the fucking running in that scene was not Mel Gibson. Can't remember much. I've I've not seen the first one in fucking ages. Aye, Miller. Well, uh, next time on films and swearing, uh, we've not planned another episode yet. But if you don't hear anything from us now, you could hear from us again uh, when it gets to award season. Because I believe it should be coming up 
in February and March you would start getting the Golden Globes and then it'll be the BAFTAs and then the Oscars. So right in amongst all of that jazz, we should be back with our take on uh, this year's awards season. Hopefully we'll, uh, <clears throat> we'll have seen a few of the titles that are kind of leading the... Yes, aye. That's what we should do. Maybe get recorded the the weekend before or the weekend of the Oscars. But yeah. saying that, I think that might be April. It is, it's mm. the end of April this year. So we'll probably back, be back with another episode before then. Right, uh, you can hit us up on social media at FAS Podcast and at Mikey Van B for Twitter, Instagram and Letterboxd if you want to see what we're up to in between now and then because we will post uh, like what films have been picking up. Um our sort of our ongoing monthly lists of what we've been watching that month and yeah just get our reactions to any new trailers or big ass announcements that are coming out because this year I think is going to be the year where we're going to get absolute fucking spoiled with films like yeah with your HBO Max and all that other stuff aside I feel we're still going to get a fucking plethora of films dropped upon us so We'll be talking it all up on social media when it happens. Uh, but uh, yeah, that is us. That is our episode for January 2021. I have been your host, Stuart Sutherland, and joining me across the internet in lockdown, Magic Mike Christie. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, cut off and tune in next time. <laughs>